people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your host, Dixie Monster. And this is Nightline. And this is a podcast where we <laughs> prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. Sure. Ah, oh, babe, speaking of Highline, I wasn't speaking of Highline. You weren't at all. Babe, you speaking... <laughs> I kind of was. Babe, speaking of normal people. Sure. We're making a podcast network. Oh, I thought you were going to say about we're this? making a podcast. And I was like, nah. I've known about this for a nah. while now. Uh, well, <laughs> so that's something we started doing in January of 2020. Yeah. It is the Technically, year. Technically July of 2019. But that's fine. Yeah. That's when we first recorded Josh. And then it took us like four months to edit that two part episode. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. My point is. Is that we started with no normal people. Yeah. And we have chosen to elevate the whole message of normal people mm-hmm. into the Highline Media Network. Nice. So exciting. We are in talks with plenty of people. We have the LLC rolling. You are making all sorts of graphics. Yep. I'm making all sorts of soundscapes. Sure. And the Highline Media Network is going to be live by... April 1st, and, and it uh, won't be an April Fool's joke. Okay, but It's going it? to be very real. <laughs> yes. So the Highline Media Network is on its way, and really what it is, is like our short little tagline is normal people in normal places. And what I love about it, like elevating no normal people into the network is, you know, I'm kind of tired of people like Obama and his main man, Bruce, just being able to launch their own Spotify podcast. Oh, I was so confused. It's Springsteen. Springsteen is what I'm... For real? That's a thing? You didn't know about this? No. No. I no. only follow this is Michelle. Why I'm the CEO. What? No, you don't. I love Michelle a lot. But you don't listen to her podcast, no, do you? No, because I think it's garbage. And that is exactly my point. Sometimes podcasts or even social media, I would yeah. dare to say. Yep. Normal people do it better than celebrity. Yeah. And normal people do it better, like, if they don't have, like, an image to maintain. I, for real, no way this would ever happen, but, like, we would never be good presidents or first or man or first lady. Oh. We would, that's not good for us. No. But I feel like we're okay at podcasting. (laughs) I think we do all right. Yeah. If I'm honest. And I think I'd be a real crappy president. I think some of the charm <laughs> of our podcasts are the fact that like we're not credentialed experts in what we're talking to, about. We're to, normal people. To reference your other show, Ravel, we're called to podcast. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Ravel's a good example. Josh and I have no sort of credentials at all. We're nope. just people passionate about talking about Christian theology. Now as for credentials. Okay. Put a pin in that. That's a teaser. You are coming on the Ravel show in a few months. 
I'm so excited. Big reveal is what happens. <laughs> but even Whiskey Bench. Whiskey Bench is another one of the founding shows yep. of the Highline Network. And that is Stephen Torna, Kat Dwyer, and I. We're normal people just talking about politics and talking about current events because we those are ideas that matter to us. Sure. That's what the whole Highline Network stands for. It's It's no normal people. But now normal people in all the podcasts. No normal Look people to the second power. We're doing it. Absolutely. So <laughs> big things come in by the end of the month. Yeah. And you know what? This month of hey, March. Hey, guys, you you like hot bean water? Oh, I see. I thought you were going to transition into us. Like big things are happening. That is big thing. Well, at the beginning of April, but like we're moving. Oh, we'll get back to the bean water. Bean water. We're moving. So, yeah. <laughs> We're moving. Absolutely, we're moving. We finally freaking did it. We Turns out there's a lot of paperwork. Turns out. And uh, a lot of moving parts. It's like they don't just like give you the keys. Yeah, that's weird. It's like, here, sign this paper. Right. And now you can have a key. Sometimes I thought like selling or buying a used vehicle was difficult with the the one piece of paper, like the title you had to sign. Yeah. And we've gone through like... A lot of paper. I am in the last still month. a little in the dark as to what escrow means. I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> I'm just holding out hope that by April 6th, we'll be in our home. By the end of it, <laughs> I think we're going to have a home that we get to call our first Please, home. Please, God. Please. First purchased home. I guess you could probably say all our previous apartments have been homes <sighs> in like the emotional, sentimental definition of don't I wouldn't call look it at home. me like that <laughs> I would call it the place where I comfortably go to the bathroom and sleep nah but the place we lived in Laura with my brother though that, oh, was, that home. was dope that was home that was that was legit yeah that was too legit and actually the place we're buying is too legit to quit very very similar it's very and similar. that was one of the things except, that made us fall in love with it yeah Except the basement's not finished, so we gotta figure that out. You see, you know what I see when I see an unfinished basement and bare concrete? Someone else finishing it? Money, please. <laughs> Money, please. I see finishing that thing and flipping the equity. Flip out your of equity. That place. Absolutely. That seems rude. <laughs> Does that seem rude? No. I am ready to have a full on podcast studio. Yeah. With the new table you found us and. We're going to start playing D&D on microphones. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's it's very good. In anyway, general, I think just getting the microphones out of the out of our literal bedroom would be literally, nice. Literally. If you guys could see where we're recording right now, you'd be like, wow, yeah, homeless people. Cool. Our entire life is here while we live with family. <laughs> and they were gracious enough to let us do that. But, yeah, I oh, know. So glad. Whoa. So thankful, but also ready. I'm so ready. Ready. I'm a little tired. But you know how to solve being tired. With hot bean water. Thank you. <laughs> what a oh, transition. My gosh, guys. Okay, so we've been t- talking about getting coffee for, for like, like a year. forever because <laughs> um, you know, coffee is delicious. Absolutely. Um, and it's finally happening. Like it is. we like we tried the coffee a few weeks ago. Um, we I had said it few, on the last episode. I know. It felt like my tongue was shooting. It was rays literally of like, like from behind my teeth, like floating through a cloud made entirely of chinchillas. 
like it was so smooth mm. and so this is perfect. A, this is this is this is a challenging metaphor. Chinchillas <laughs> are do. so soft. I know, but they're still rodents. Okay, but they're cute. Does it matter? I, mice are cute, though. No, they're not. I think mice are cute. Um, no, they are not. When they run across my feet in the middle of the night, why do we even have cats? She solved it. Kill she solved them. it literally this morning. <laughs> Chinchilla. Okay. okay. Bigger rodents that are really fluffy, cute. Tiny rodents, less cute. What are the ones, what are the, are they monkeys or are they oh rats God, that like eat the coffee? It. It's like, um, it's the rat poop coffee. <laughs> cop, cop, copy, copy, cop. Is it copy barras? No, it's no, not. No. Copy Luak. There's a very. Copy Luak. Okay, one more time. Copy Luak. Okay. <laughs> And this is this is a creature that eats probably the cherries, it, right? Well, the fact that you just called it cherries. Well, the fruit yeah. of a coffee tree. Yeah. But the the, the and bean, they digest the, seed, the bean. Right. They don't digest it though. It passes the acidity, right through. Them. The acidity from their um their system. Their um, digestive <laughs> linings is apparently supposed to like lower the acidity of the bean itself. Okay. Would you drink that? I have. Is it good? It's very good. See, I thought that was going to be more interesting. I thought you were going to be like, heck no, that's been in something. And um, then I was going to be technically, like, Technically, quoting Frozen here, <laughs> or meat. all water that you consume has passed through at least one other being. Oh, so. yeah. Kind of like that, uh, like today's river might be a little bit of dinosaur pee yeah or like you're breathing the air that caesar augustus breathed like maybe some arsenic but like what's you're fine well yeah <laughs> so wow what were we talking i don't even our know coffee, coffee. Is what we, the no normal people coffee blend is what we were talking about it's so good you guys and it's now so good it's absolutely delicious in shout fact, out to our homeboy gary at homeboy. revel yes coffee in billings he uh you know made the whole yeah, thing yeah for was, those of you in tune with the coffee scene of billings gary is like the, the local champion? legend he's yeah. like the i mean he's literally won national awards yeah for the coffee he roasts. And guys. And he does it he, right out of Billings, Montana. He made our coffee. Absolutely he did. So look up Revel Coffee. So excited. Here in Billings. And just know that the No Normal People Coffee Blend is coming very soon to our website. Yeah. In fact, we on Friday morning Friday this week, morning. we are going to release this a. Week. Are you done? I'm doing like a movie trailer kind of thing. Oh, okay. This week. Yeah. In coffee cups near you. And Friday morning. Friday morning. On our website, we're going to release a pre-order link that you could sign up and just like just help us know how much we Get should roast for our first Get batch, to be drip. honest. What we're going to do as well for the coffee is we're going to set it up on a subscription system if mm -hmm. you would like that. So if you like our coffee enough. To get it every month. You could get it every month and you could, how do they say it? Uh, set it and forget it. Oh, shut your stupid face. And our delicious coffee could show up <laughs> so to your dumb. door. I hate that okay. so much. I'm sorry I did that. I hate you. I don't hate you. I love you very mm. much. But we are not a mega church asking for money. 
Don't. No, we're specifically telling you to buy our product. I know, but I feel like it <laughs> feels can... like I'm tithing now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Anyway. Okay. Well, so speaking of Gary and Revel Coffee. Yeah. He also roasts the Shalom blend for yes, Rail Line Coffee. For Rail Line Coffee, which is the coffee shop like literally across the street from the CLDI building and was on like, the south side of Billings. On the south side of Billings and made and operated primarily through cldi mm-hmm. and the reason why we're bringing this up is because the our, manager of that store our good friend and longtime buddy and coffee snob friend <laughs> colin Sasquatch. <laughs> wow <laughs> is, is our guest today. he's our friend and he can be a little pretentious about coffee no he's what not you just honestly i'm a little bit more pretentious about coffee than he is yeah like a hundred percent more right He's like, if we're he's pretentious, he like holds it inside. We're allowed to be because we now sell the greatest Stop. coffee blend. They sell good coffee at in the state. At Railline. What they have is the best coffee shop in Billings. That's their lob- fair. Their That's lobby fair. setup, oh the whole gosh. thing they stand for, like bringing redemption and shalom to a part of yeah, our city really cool. that has seen hard times yeah. and has a very uh, challenged community. Mm-hmm. Railline is just like a beacon of it's awesome and hope. And also, Colin's I, the manager, and he yeah. helped found it. He helped put it together. Also, I didn't realize how much I liked the color orange until I went there. <laughs> Thank you for this. It's so I know good. how I'm going to decorate my new home. Nope. With orange. Oh god. And brick. Nope. nope. I can't. <laughs> you can't. It's can't already just, built. I can't <laughs> just import just brick. Put, and okay, a second <laughs> thing about our wonderful friend Colin Siskoyas. Yes. Um, we just found out that he and his wife are pregnant. Absolutely. And they, they are having, the yeah, they just had the gender reveal just a couple days ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're having a little baby boy. Congratulations, Colin and Sierra. We love you guys. We knew this when we recorded this interview. But I tried to make it sound like I didn't know. But it also wasn't time to, yeah. like, he didn't know how soon it was going to go out. Yeah. So it wasn't time to share that information. Yeah. So I do make a, a oh. reference to him eventually being a good dad and at that point i was like you're going to be a good dad and i was like please don't take this as i know you're pregnant okay (laughs) the other thing to say is i've known colin since like the fifth grade oh yeah sixth grade um thunder he asked me to be a groomsman in his wedding yeah and he was a groomsman in my wedding our wedding why do i say my wedding Uh, it was our wedding well he was a groomsman we did this have leaves, two weddings on that day, so true. I'll take the first one, you take the second one. This leaves one of my groomsmen that I have yet to have on the podcast, Josiah. so Josiah. We're coming for you. Coming for you, buddy. <laughs> Come be on the show. Josiah's a firefighter and just Freaking, all around. Babe, this BA. is about Colin. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just, now I'm excited about all my friends. And Colin is seriously like one of my best friends. We can have insanely deep conversations over breakfast for like four hours like we did a couple days ago Mm -hmm. and also we can just like go disc golf or like go on a road trip to go see a metal show Mm -hmm. (sighs) his company is wonderful he's honestly like the only person that i know intimately in my life that like doesn't beat around the bush when we have conversations you like that i genuinely appreciate that enneagram eight yeah you see my dude the light <laughs> the eight in you sees the light in him yes <laughs> yeah. namaste namaste eight namaste eight. <laughs>
Is that a thing? I don't know. Okay. It is well. now. Anyway, this is Colin Siskoids. We're going to break those nerves with some rapid fire questions. No need to elaborate your answer. Just go with your gut. They're either or questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Homebody or free spirit? Free spirit. Spender or saver? Spender. Do you call it soda or pop? Soda. Books or movies? Books. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. City or country? Country. Change or consistency? Change. Shows or movies? Movies. Video games or board games? Video games. Are you task-oriented or people-oriented? People. Rain or sun? Sun. Tea or coffee? Depends on the time of day. Mmm. <laughs> cats or dogs? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, cats. Yeah! Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Laundry or dishes? Dishes. Passenger or driver? Driver. Pizza or tacos? Mmm, pizza. Handshakes or hugs? Hugs. Phone calls or texts? Texts. Boom. There. You did it. All the, <laughs> we did it. The scariest part is over. The rapid fire is over. Now, we're going to do some more like open-ended kind of icebreaker questions. You don't have to answer nearly as fast, and we can kind of elaborate Unless you on want to. Ones. Yeah. It's totally up to you, but so Dixie's going to take it away. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> what is your favorite failure? Oh, my favorite failure. Um, I actually have two, neither of which are really that funny. Um, <laughs> I was actually fired from my first job. I worked at a vet clinic and uh, it was right behind the house that I grew up in. Right. And so it was stuff like cleaning up poo and shoveling hay. <laughs> And mm. feeding animals, and in the in the winter, the water buckets, the the you know the watering troughs would freeze, and so I'd have to break it up. But the vet that we lived in front of had like a lot of horses and cows and bigger animals, so it was a lot of like working outside, and I hated it. <laughs> I was really <laughs> bad at it, and uh, eventually, yeah, I got fired from it. I'm tempted to ask ask why you got fired, but I won't. <laughs> It's because I did a bad job. And so that's a great question because then I was like, well, this feels terrible. So I'm never going to get fired from another job. And since then, I haven't. Perfect. Good job. Well, well done. I've only Thanks. been fired once and it sucks. Yeah, it, it's terrible. You feel like such a failure. Yep. True story. And then the other failure, I guess, was like uh, I failed a couple semesters in college. Nice. And that was a similar thing where it was just like, this sucks. And I hate it. <laughs> Especially because you're paying for it. Mm, so it's mm -hmm. like extra suck. But I was like pretty young and yeah. I was paying for it, but it was super cheap. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that time I didn't really have even a good concept of money. I still don't. So uh, <laughs> it, probably didn't, it probably didn't sit as well as it should have. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. What are foods you will never eat? I hate ham. Ham is the worst. <gasps> ham? I don't like ham yeah. either. Of all the meats. It's terrible. It's I, the I'll worst eat bacon of the meats. and I'll eat like pork chops. But sure. Christmas or Thanksgiving ham? Mm -mm, I'm out. Dude, we need to have Christmas together because I also hate ham. 
<laughs> I don't even know what it is either. Like, just, I don't know if it's like the sugar or. Yeah, I don't. I'm not on board with the sugar. It freaks me it's out. It's gross. <laughs> anyway, now that Steven hates both of us, what's the <laughs> worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? Oh, this one's good. I tried in high school to grow my hair out super long with <laughs> uh, Mr. Steven Torna. Uh-huh. <laughs> we did it together. But the funny thing about it is I'm bald now, so I guess it's a joke on me. <laughs> gotcha. Your hair got the zag on you. Yeah. This is what you do when you, yeah, when you pull it back so hard to get the man bun going. <sighs> yep. Blame, blame it on that. Oops. Um, <laughs> what, what is your biggest pet peeve? Probably when... I expect something of somebody and they don't follow through. Mm. Good answer. Because, mm. you know, you're just waiting for it to happen. I see this a lot at work and it's like, oh, you had one job and you didn't do it. Now I have to do it. You, <laughs> you literally had one didn't job. Do a good job. I hired you for this one job. <laughs> All on. you had to do was sweep. Who would you call your best friend? The easy answer is my wife, Sierra. Mm-hmm. She's far and above the funniest person i've ever met and i just really like being with her yeah which is probably a good thing i would hope so uh if you eliminate her though because like that's kind of like an unfair answer that's what Uh, i said too i was like i can't say steven i know (laughs) that's the obvious Um, answer (laughs) there's there's a group of four guys uh that i grew up with and you guys know who you are so if you're listening um yeah we do yeah. <laughs> Steven just assuming he's one of the four. Like, he whatever. is one of the four. I know. Right. I know. Steven, you shouldn't assume, man. Come on. No, I know. It's it's fine. It's fine. But uh it would be it would just be too unfair to pick one because like my relationship with you, Steven, is just so different than my relationship with Caleb or mm-hmm. Josiah. Totally. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? I have always wanted to be a marine biologist. I still want to be a marine biologist. Nice. My mom gave me this book when I was probably like three. I don't know how old I was, but it was this big picture book of killer whales or orcas or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and uh, it was like dolphins, you know, total <laughs> total propaganda for SeaWorld and why you should go to SeaWorld. <laughs> Which at the time we didn't know it was terrible, but now we do. But whatever it was about that book just really like captured my imagination. Right. Anyways, it's really interesting. Did you know that they all, so they like orcas swim around in different family groups or pods or whatever you call them. They actually all have their own individual languages. What? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so when you split up groups or you put groups together, like for instance, SeaWorld, right? Yeah. You take different individuals from different groups they it, they can't really communicate because they actually speak Aww. different languages mm, that makes me so sad right jeez <laughs> really terrible. i'm so sad now <laughs> do you like being surprised no <laughs> me uh i don't know it feels like a toss up depends on what like, you're being surprised i have to by. have some context birthday party no. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have a collection of something? No. Like maybe like random obsolete carabiners from rock climbing that Caleb dumps on me. Right. Have you ever feared for your life? 
Yeah, I have. I was climbing in Moab in probably four years ago with a couple of buddies from Laramie. And we were three pitches up and a couple of people rappelled down off of the top of this tower called Castleton Tower. And uh, they pulled their rope. They were next to us on a little ledge that was probably three feet by two feet. And at the time there was, how many of us? There were five people total on the ledge. And so they rappelled down, they pulled their rope and their rope actually got stuck probably 20 feet up on this, like, it, it looked like it was just stuck on this ledge, mm-hmm. you know, a little ways above where we were. So they were like pulling on the rope and pulling on the rope and it wasn't budging. And so we were going to send my buddy Zane, you know, cause he had the, we were still going up and they were coming down. We were going to send him up just to toss the rope down and we would keep climbing. And the guy that was repelling gave one last tug on the rope. And what actually happened was it dislodged two rocks that were probably about a little smaller than a bowling ball um, each. And so you're just in like, you're in this corner and it's just straight down to us. And so one hit me in the shoulder and then the other hit Zane in the head and I remember the moment of like just hearing rock, 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 and like just trying to get as close to the wall as possible in the, you know, the split second that those are falling. Oh it was God. crazy. Um, uh. We were fine. <laughs> Zane was knocked out. <laughs> so we, we ended our summit bid oh. at that point in time and like oh. held him down. And Smart. It was, it's a crazy story, <laughs> like not enough time that we have to get into all of it. But yeah, that, that was one moment. Oof. What's a smell that takes you back to a good memory in your childhood? Um, my mom used, well, s- still does, but uh, she would always bake this cranberry bread mm. right around Christmas, you know, into the holiday season time. And that stuff is just like crack. <laughs> it's just, it's heavenly. Yeah. It is. It is like you eat one piece it's, and then it's a Christian kid's crack. Another. And then you just keep going. And pretty soon you've eaten a whole loaf of cranberry bread that has like a half cup of sour cream and a cup of sugar. Oh, that sounds good. What is a favorite sport or physical activity? Right now I'm really enjoying cross-country skiing. Oh, cool. Sierra and I have gone out quite a few times this winter just to different areas. And uh, I've never really had a winter sport Mm -hmm. to get outside. And so I'm really enjoying this because like, you know, getting sun and exercise and all that in the winter has been really fun. That's cool. (laughs) What is your favorite thing to do by yourself? Uh, Reading or uh, playing video games. What video games do you play? I play League of Legends with Steven Torna. Nice. And uh, Cameron DeMars. And that's that's kind of the only video games I play because I just play it to hang out with friends. Yeah. Usually, well, oh wait, <laughs> I'm realizing <laughs> the question was like a bit of an alone thing. Uh, so reading then. <laughs> so reading. <laughs> so Colin doesn't like to be alone. What a twist that was! That was fun. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go back to reading. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, what is your favorite morning drink? I usually drink a lot of tea in the morning Mm -hmm. and there's a ginger lemon tea that I'm really loving. Mm. And then I usually follow it up with like a Americano with some honey and cinnamon, Mm. a little bit of cream. Okay. What is your absolute favorite meal? My absolute favorite meal would have to be this uh, Sierra makes this pot roast with like this deer venison 
and there's like you know like ranch powder in there and whatever those yellow peppers are called that are like kind of spicy but also sour like banana peppers yeah yes pepperoncinis there it is and then so you got that for the main meal right Mm -hmm. and it's like thick and gravy and like all this good stuff and then you roast some vegetables like carrots and broccoli and then maybe a little (laughs) bit of rice or some green beans and that is so good (laughs) sounds good beautiful you had me you had me at ranch (laughs) i'm just kidding i honestly here's the thing dixie i don't know how to make it i just i've seen the ingredients lying on the countertop i'm like ah yeah you combine those and it makes this delicious thing yeah (laughs) right oh that's excellent i think we already said this but what was your first job this was the uh, yeah, yeah. I was working at the vet yeah, clinic. when you got fired from. Got fired. Yeah. Dang it. Just rub it in somewhere. What well, What was the job <laughs> after the clinic then? The job after the clinic was Subway. I literally just whispered Subway to Steven. I was like, I know the answer. No, you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> Steven, didn't I? She did. I yeah. <laughs> I forgot you worked at Subway. What a what a yeah. I, yeah, he was assistant manager. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, I it know was everything. One of those ones, and it was the Walmart in Laurel. And uh, oh yes. But then you came over to City Brew, and we had the best days of our lives. Oh, my gosh. I still think about Power Hour. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. <laughs> Me, Colin what? and I were so good, we would we would post up on either one of the the espresso machines. Mm-hmm. Like, he would, he would run the lobby, I would run the drive-thru, and we were always, like, sharing extra shots so we could finish each other's drinks faster, and then, like, Blast steaming fan. extra milk just to help each other out. We called it Power Hour, because we were very good it was like it was literally we like we were pouring under each other's arms and all sorts of like wacky like we just had a system. we should just get a home espresso machine it was at, it was awesome have all our friends come over and you guys can just make us coffee it was and we'll call it power hour it was a performance of sorts it really did feel like we were just in the flow we should take state. this on the road I was, I was just gonna say we should request from city brew i don't know if they still have the camera recordings <laughs> Oh my gosh! That and See then if, also the one of Stephen falling in the back room when he tripped oh, over the mop. Wow. What a classic! What a I classic! Forgot about that one. I almost pulled a shelf over on me. <laughs> 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 and those shelves were so full too. Yeah, you would have very died. heavy like glass bottles. You and probably would have died. Yeah. It's fine. That would have been rough. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty, that was pretty dangerous. <laughs> anyway, if you had one superpower, what would it be? I hate this question. Can we not do it? Okay, we don't yeah, have to. Yeah, we can move on. What's Your the- superpower <laughs> is being certain <laughs> about what you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> One Look, superpower. I just no. think it's a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask. Is it too hypothetical? I just, I don't know. Superpowers are And real. I don't have a good answer for it. Yeah. And your superpower is usually either broken or... Yeah just yeah. something stupid yeah, yeah. so okay. i got you i'm gonna ask you a different question then okay who, who is the smartest person you know probably my dad oh that's a that's a great question yeah no i i know with my dad and whenever i have a question about anything like theological or about insurance or <laughs> the stupid math. things of life Classic. math <laughs> I'm like hey dad can you solve this problem and, <laughs> and then he does it then he does it. Yeah, your dad's awesome. Life is easier. All right. What is your proudest accomplishment? Mm. 
Can I have two? Yes. Absolutely you can. So my first one would be graduating college. Nice. I got a degree from the University of Wyoming. And that was honestly like kind of figured I'd always go to college and that was always the plan. But like actually getting through it was so tough. Mm -hmm. So that was huge. And then coming back to Billings after that and launching Rail Line was probably number two. Mm. Ooh. I can't wait oh, to talk about one. that then. Yeah. But first, let's start from the beginning. Colin, <laughs> I am ready to hear about where and how you grew up and what your family was like growing up. Yeah. I was born in New Mexico. Shortly after, my family moved to Powell, Wyoming. Well, actually, Cody, Wyoming. But we didn't live there very long. We moved to Powell really quickly after. And I lived in Powell until I was in fifth grade. I have two sisters an older sister and a younger sister. So I'm the middle child. And uh, my dad was a pastor. My mom was an EMT, kind of like a stay at home mom. So she kind of did some homeschooling with us early on before we went into public school. Uh, And then after that, uh, like I said, when I was in fifth grade, I don't know how many years ago that was because I'm (laughs) bad at math. Right. Yeah. You can ask your dad later. You kind of lose track. (laughs) (laughs) My parents and my sisters and I, we moved to, to Billings. And more specifically, Laurel. Yeah. So uh, we kind of stayed there and I went to Laurel Middle School. And then in high school, I went freshman year to Laurel. And then I dropped out and went to uh, just did like this homeschooling thing online, which was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Would you have rather stayed in public school, like in hindsight? Looking back, no, because they let me do that like get into college early thing. Oh, right? yeah, connection classes and all that. What I wish, though, I wish that I had known the actual benefit of doing those connection classes. Because, mm. like, at the time, it, like, the, you know, the value of it, like I said, was kind of lost. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, you know, fiddled around and didn't try very hard and all of that. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, when you're getting classes, college credits for, you know, a third of the cost, you just kind of, want to make the most out of it. I right. definitely did it. But, right. Um, but no, like my, my parents really were awesome. Like my whole family, we, we always got along and my mom and dad are still together. They, they're really intentional about just making space to build relationships, all of us together, but then mm-hmm. also like individually. So I remember like hanging out with my dad, just one-on-one and hanging out with my mom one-on-one. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We did a lot of like adventuring and hiking and traveling. When the five of you were together, what did you feel like your role in your family was? Um, the entertainment. <laughs> <value>. <laughs> the, enterta- the comedian. Classic middle child. <laughs> Classic middle. Yeah. Well, and it, I still like, it's funny because in many ways, like with Sierra, I'm not that person anymore. But mm-hmm. when we go and do family dinners with everybody, it's, and just kind of revert back into <laughs> yeah. that role. Yeah. Totally get it. <laughs> totally. Like I think I think Dixie could probably speak to what my role is in my family better than I could just because I, I sense that like reversion back to okay, this is how the four of us spend time together. And then Dixie's just yeah. looking at me like, Who are you? This is not who you are. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and yeah. it's the same when you hang out with friends like Michael and Colin. Like you revert back to like fifteen year old Steven. <laughs> I like I like to think that that the reversion is slowly aging as well. So like we're slowly so like just maybe maturing. seventeen now. I would say I would say still pretty horrible. Like I'm twenty six now. I think hanging out with some of these guys still pulls me back to twenty one ish. 
Is that something? I don't. I. I love. I love that question oh, though, man. and I love how. I love how self-aware you were, just to be like, "Oh, I was definitely the entertainer, mm-hmm. the middle child, entertainer." Yeah, but I was also like the only boy too, and yeah. so, and literally, yeah. like, yeah. I have one boy cousin. <laughs> That's it, and so, like, anytime, pretty much anytime, we were going and doing even stuff with other family. It's like, all right, I'm either gonna like be funny and get attention, or I'm just gonna be alone and ignored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, wow! Like um, I said, classic middle child. So I chose the attention. Yeah, I'm curious because you you've always been a person in my mind who is like incredibly curious about everything. Like you're constantly taking things apart, putting yeah. things back together, tinkering, mm-hmm. building stuff. Uh, I remember one day we came over to your house and you had built. A, a pour over coffee. It was like a oh, yeah. frame out cool. of like oh. copper conduit, right? To hold the, the yeah. Kalita cone. I forgot about that. I, w- where did all that start for you? That just kind of like you, you want to build stuff and you want to figure out how things work. I don't know if I'd be able to say where it started, but I remember. So I was homeschooled early on through parts of elementary. So I didn't go to elementary, public elementary school until mm-hmm. like third grade. Mm-hmm. I just remember doing lots of like science experiments and right. tinkering with things with my mom. And so I assume that's probably where that came from. Yeah. And then naturally I'm just somebody that like is a hands-on learner and really just wants to understand things. And so, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I suppose that's where it's from. It's always just been something that helps me process other things going on in life too. Right. And so I know like, oh. if I can sit down and just like whittle on a piece of wood or, I totally or like build those hanging bookshelves or whatever, like, you know, it helps me like kind of work through whatever. Oh, okay. maybe going I, so on. it turns, it turns totally into a that. contemplative time for you, like time to sit yeah. and think while you're creating something with your hands. Yeah. And I, I just think even if I never draw anything out of it, if I'm never able to put, you know, whatever issues are going on in life together because of it, mm-hmm. it still offers just some space to be away from them and, and you know, just be quiet and, and work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I still think of you every time I put my uh, my wood platform in the back of my car <laughs> to go car camping because you, you were the oh, one who helped yeah. me build that out. To fit yeah. my uh my Ford Escape. Yeah. Do you remember uh do you remember with the the metal roof rack? <laughs> the, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. You and Steven, and then we were trying to like latch it on. I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I remember we had problems. Many, many, <laughs> many problems <laughs> there were. Yeah. Oh, that was Steven. that was one of those projects that it was like idealized in my mind. This also so both the the wood platform in my car and the metal roof rack building it out of conduit was what really finally solidified in my <laughs> experience of life. Like I'm a chronic underestimator of how much time is required to do anything. Fact. Oh, <laughs> I do the same though. I'm with you. Like I always think things could go so much. I mean, I, I remember it took like three visits to your house to finish my uh, platform for car camping and yeah. I legitimately thought I would have been able to show up there with all my materials and we would have had it done in about two hours. <laughs> yeah, um, we spent like a couple of days on it, didn't we? Yeah, 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 we did. But, <laughs> but because of it, I think of you every time I load it up into the car for the next camping trip. Yep. <laughs> well, hey, good memories. It I survives. Suppose. It's still going. Yep. They're also, it's really cool too. And that's a huge accomplishment to you. All right, back into your story here. Graduating high school was like 
you did it, but also you were like half a college student already. Is that how that went? Yeah. 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 It was like super fake. I think my <laughs> parents downloaded a high school diploma from the internet. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah. And, okay. And so here's the other thing. When you're homeschooled and doing high school in Montana, the county makes you report hours you spend doing school. Yeah. Yeah. My parents never tracked any of that. And so I remember this <laughs> one time too, my dad was like, Hey Colin, how many hours of school do you think you did? And I was like, I have no idea, dad. I probably, you know, was in school like two days a week, but yeah, no. So anyway, back to the graduate. Yeah. It was Josiah Lazafi and myself and we did a little graduation ceremony. Um, uh, he and I both. remember your mom yeah, made so much pie. Yeah. Yes. And Josiah got Kyla. Yeah. yeah, his, yeah, his yeah. Puppy. Well, he got a picture of her. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't get her. Right. Kyla wasn't there. But yeah. Yeah, I remember that. We, uh, we pushed off, Josiah and I, we pushed off our graduation by a year because by doing that, we'd get cheaper college classes. Right. So why not? Again, with the connection classes. So whatever high school was for you is finally ended. Tell me about how you got into school in Wyoming and like and what you studied yeah. So while I was at MSUB, I was supposed to graduate uh, high school in 2014. Mm -hmm. Because I was in the connection classes, I delayed until 2015. However, in 2014, I met Sierra, mm -hmm. who was the same grade as myself. Um, so she was graduating high school at that time. So I knew, uh, so that's when we started dating. And I knew eventually she was going to be heading down to Laramie. Um, but she had a couple of years at Northwest College there in Powell. So I decided, all right, I'm going to like finish my associate degree at MSUB. And I was just looking for the fastest way to finish because I didn't want to still have to transfer classes over if Sierra left early. Mm. So I got a degree in environmental sciences because I had done a lot of biology classes and all of that. And I knew I liked, you know, goes back to like the hands-on stuff. I knew I right. liked doing the science. So then you fast forward pretty much two years. So only a year after I graduate in 2016 was when Sierra moved down to Laramie. And I decided, hey, like we're dating. I've never lived in the same town as her. I really like her. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'd love to go and live in the same town. And so I moved to Laramie mm -hmm. following her with a group of four other guys in this house and then Sierra was obviously in another apartment but uh <laughs> so anyway Sierra's dad Tim always had told me look Colin like you can't marry Sierra until she graduates college mm -hmm. and you might as well as get a degree so I put off going to school I tried to get in-state tuition in Wyoming and I did and so a year after that I started the final two years of the bachelor right program so i had two years left and then the last year was when that summer sierra graduate right because i delayed my high school graduation by a year and then i took a year off from college i was again behind a year <laughs> for her which is how it ended up being that i was in school and she had graduated so i'm taking classes and she's not right after your so, wedding basically right yep yep so the whole year right after the wedding for that last school year I was doing classes mm. and uh, yeah, I don't know. Dixie, what do you want to know about? I just wanted to, and... I wanted to know how you and Sierra worked out 
specifically like jobs and making time mm-hmm. for your guys' relationship, like as a new married couple and living mm. together and also you doing school? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, short answer, I didn't. I did a really <laughs> bad job. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is probably going to turn into the failures of Collins to Spoilers. But uh, <laughs> looking back, we had a really rough first year of, of marriage. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, everybody always says like, oh, your first year is going to be, it'll either be the best year or the worst year. Right. And ours was definitely the worst year. So like we, I mean, she, she found a job doing graphic design uh, remotely. And then I knew I just had a couple classes left to finish. And so I just kind of buckled down to finish and it wasn't all bad. I mean, we had a lot of fun and it was really good, but in terms of like growing our relationship and really moving into the role that I think a husband should fill, mm-hmm. I, I had a lot to learn. Right. What do you think you would yeah. tell someone who chooses to get married, but they're still a college student and they're still working? Like, what would you give as advice to not repeat your mistakes or repeat what you felt like was a failure of that year? I think I would say something along the lines of be okay to sacrifice what you think is important in order to serve your wife. Mm. Mm. You know, because I get so caught up with like, oh, this assignment's due tonight. And it's like, Sierra's like, you know, worked all day and not really had any interaction with anybody because she's working online. And so she needed somebody to just kind of sit and be with her and interact with her. Whereas I'm like totally worked out, right? totally peopled out. And I think the better thing to do is say like, look, all right, I can give Sierra some of that time and show her that I love and care for her by being here for her. And my assignment will get done even if that means I have to stay up a couple hours later. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if that means, ultimately, like even if that means I'm super exhausted or I am just like totally drained the next day, it's more worth it to to serve Sierra. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, good one. I don't do, I, I'm not saying like I do a perfect job of it. I definitely don't, but <laughs> I'm always working. <laughs> I totally get it. So after college, you guys come back to Billings. Uh, is there anything yeah. notable about that story beyond you just end up back here? Like, yeah, walk me through oh, that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to know this. Um, you... But we do. <laughs> okay, so back to uh, serving your wife and listening to her. Um, <laughs> she, okay. I, did, I like graduate, right? And I'm like, all right, what's next? I have no idea. And I get this degree in environmental sciences and natural resources and i have no idea what to do but i know i like school so i'm like great well i'm gonna do a graduate program and stay in school because that's what's easy Mm. and so for let's see graduation happened in may um i had applied in the later part of april and it was literally i'm not even joking it was like a decision made in one night (laughs) of like I don't know what to do. Here's this opportunity. Gonna do graduate school. Whoa. Which, if you know me, you know that's fairly normal. <laughs> but <laughs> for Sierra, like that's just, that's just not how she operates. And so it put a lot of stress and a lot of strain and made the relationship really hard because she was just like feeling jerked around, which I totally get. Right. So we're staying. I'm super depressed because it like something in my soul just doesn't feel right. I tell people and this still remains true. Like I've never been more depressed or felt like in a darker hole than literally after I made that decision. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah. To stay. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And so 
I stay. And then we have a couple trips. So then after I graduate, we have a couple trips to Billings planned, a few things happening over the summer before school starts back up in August. Mm-hmm. And uh, I take a trip to Billings and Kayla Halleck is coming home from being a missionary in South America right. for a while. And so we're having like this party, you know, with her being home at, at their place and their mom works for community leadership development, uh, which is where I work now. And she said, Hey, I've got this group of like youth coming in. I need a volunteer. I heard you're going to be in town that week. Just wondering if you would be interested in just serving for a week and, you know, doing some work with them. And mm. they were like cleaning out rocks and painting apartments and, you know, that sort of stuff with CLDI. And so I said, yeah. And then that week I got to meet everybody that worked at CLDI <laughs> and hear everything that CLDI does. And I learned that they do an internship. It's a year long, like intensive internship where you mm. live on the South side, which if you're not from Billings, the South side is definitely the bad part of town until you live there. And then you're like, this is actually a pretty awesome place to live. They do this internship where you like work in an organization or like a sub organization of CLDI. And then you live there and learn about what it means to serve the poor and, you know, share the gospel with people that haven't heard it. Right. And so I've, honestly, during that week, I was I was like, all right, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It, it seems so clear. So I quit graduate school. I sent a letter to my advisor that said, hey, I know like we accelerated everything and you made a lot of shortcuts for me to be able to get into the program because I was late, but huh. I got to drop out and this is what I'm going to do. And uh, I never heard anything back. So that being said, though, like we we'd even signed another lease and our our landlord was like, yeah, all right. Like, I (laughs) I guess I I could make you stay, but I'm not going to. And he let us out. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. No joke. Like we were full in for school and then we were full out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that's how I ended up at CLDI. So then I was an intern with them last year. So this was. 2019 i guess through 2020 right yeah that's how we ended up back in billings and what's nice is like sierra again sierra's job is remote so she can do it from anywhere so that brings us to today i want to talk about what you do for work now and everything you're doing at Railline. yeah uh so most interns when they come and work at cldi most of them they get put into one of the three cldi programs so there's one that's called youth works and so they work with a bunch of youth in the schools and outside the schools and go backpacking and do all sorts of fun things. Mm-hmm. That's one subset. Another subset is called the Hannah house, which is a little, it's a, it's a home for women moving into sobriety and coming out of incarceration. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to get mm-hmm. um, back, reconnect with their children that maybe they've been separated from because right. of those decisions. And then the third one for the time was called KMC or Quinonia management company. And that's like houses and apartments management company. So they own a bunch of apartments and houses and they lease them out to um, individuals. And so if you were an intern with them, you'd do a lot of upkeep. However, when I interned, Eric, who is the executive director, was like, hey, I've got this idea. We've wanted to start a coffee shop for a long time, except nobody that I know has the time or knows enough about coffee to do it. Like we know nothing. And At this point, I worked in coffee all the way through high school and college. And so I said, well, you know, I know a little bit about coffee and (laughs) starting a business sounds interesting. So sure. (laughs) Let's go. Coffee as the product. (laughs) But also you knew a fair amount of like running a coffee shop. You and I were assistant managers 
at City Brew together. So, like, yeah. we, we were in the numbers. We were in the details. We know the stuff. But that's, like, Colin if he has a good memory. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I was an assistant manager, too, and I could not do that. <laughs> if you, yeah, you asked me today, like, what was on those pages, I would have no clue. <laughs> do it again. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Gotcha. So, Fair enough. But that being said, you're right, though. I mean, like in terms of actually, you know, a small amount of experience. Yeah. In- industry experience. Um, yeah. And, you know, when you said, Stephen, when it comes to like the hands on projects that you tend to underestimate the time, <laughs> I tend to be a person that understand underestimates magnitude. <laughs> so, I'm like, well, how hard can this be? Yeah, totally. Oh, this would be fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, I spent my whole year essentially working on launching Railline, and Railline is kind of like this special coffee shop where we employ young adults that have a pretty limited set of opportunities to find employment, right. or maybe they had like are coming from broken homes or like teen parents or whatever it is, um, and we actually employ them. Um, and they don't just work for us. They also participate in what we call an apprenticeship. It's not actually like a licensed apprenticeship, but that's what we call it. And so they do like one-on-one meetings and extra mm. training and all that sort of stuff to really prepare them for other work opportunities after Redline. That's very, very cool. cool. Yeah. So that was my year. And then we launched in late July, early August. And then since then, we've been we've been moving along. Easily one of my favorite lobbies yeah. Of all the coffee cool. shops around Billings. My goodness, wow, dude. Thank you. You guys knocked it out of the park with the way you set that place up. Mm-hmm. It's su- yeah. It has such an open and light feel. Like, I love the huge windows in the garage door. Like, I can't wait to be there in the summer with the garage doors oh, open. Yeah, for real. Summer is literally my favorite place for real. Because <laughs> the patio, like, we've got this huge sun sail. Yep. Mm-hmm. And. Yep. And it's like kind of it looks like it's floating because it's got like just these like posts that kind of stick out of the ground. And that's how it anyways. Right. It's uh, oh man, it's so fun. You can talk <laughs> about the patio for forever. But it's, it's such a welcoming place, even yeah, down to the, the choices you guys made for the furniture and just for the the atmosphere is just wonderful. I love I it. I think mm. the thing that always catches my eye about the building like itself is the color. Oh yeah, oh, really? like that orange. Yeah, I literally every time I drive by it, I'm like, that is that looks Look that. so Look dang go. good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a good. It was such a good color choice. Well, great. I didn't pick out the colors. Well, so, that's okay. Uh, it's whoever did. <laughs> friggin' genius. <Yeah. laughs> whoever did most excellent. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a review, which helps others find the show. If you find this podcast valuable, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text or by sharing about the show on social media. You can join us on Instagram and Twitter at NoPeoplePod. And be sure to visit us at NoNormalPeople.com, where you can sign up for our email newsletter called The Three Thought Thing. So within Railline, I have a feeling that this is more, this is a great extension of what CLDI kind of has as a vision for like embedding themselves in the South side. So maybe this gets me there. Basically, I have a two-part question for you. Yeah. 
what does CLDI do? Like what's the overarching vision for CLDI? And I'm hopeful mm-hmm. I'm hoping this ties into why you have so much language around the coffee shop of Shalom. Yeah. So CLDI seeks transformation through the gospel by rebuilding lives, restoring families, and re-neighboring communities. And mm-hmm. uh, they do that all through the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have been on the South Side since uh, they were actually incorporated as a 501c3 in 1981. Wow. Wow. So a long time. Unfortunately, they kind of suffered like many large nonprofits from like a lack of yeah. visibility, lack of communication, you know, those sorts of things sure. are, yeah, of really being open and out there. Mm-hmm. But essentially, so it was started by this super cool guy named Dave Hagstrom. And then he stepped out and made way for the current executive director, Eric Basie. And Eric has always been really interested in the word shalom, in what that actually means for a an actual individual or a person. Right. Mm. And so he would say, Eric would say that like the majority of the problems that you see in life, not just on the South side or not just in, you know, in people that are coming from a lower economic status, but anywhere, the majority of the problems that you see in life are because of what he would call a broken shalom. Mm. Meaning that there's now like not a full realization of God's kingdom, of God's peace, of the things that Jesus is about within that person. And that ultimately extends to not maybe having a relationship with Christ, right? And Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the goal of CLDI is to increase, obviously, those that know and love Jesus, but then beyond that, then to meet some of those needs in the way that James talks about in, in James' letter. And so if we're able to then like share the gospel with people, but then also say like, hey, we actually care enough to provide you with a quality place to live. Right. Or if we care enough to like spend time with you and your family and, and your children, like what more could that mean? And how, how much more does that mean then as we're building those relationships? Mm-hmm. So it was this really easy then transition from that context to rail line, right? Where we are starting this coffee shop to really build out their social net. If we can like increase the different avenues that they have to go for uh, help when they mm-hmm. need help or if they have more resources at their availability, mm-hmm. or if they're more prepared to like enter the workforce, we're then able to provide that. Then Shalom looks like loving people and loving the people that work at Railline, right? And then even we're able to communicate that to the customers. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, why, why are you employing this kid Christian? Christian comes from like a a really rough background and both his parents are in federal prison. And Mm. it's like, well, we see Christian as somebody that was made in God's image and is, is worth investing in. Right. Other people might push him to the side and we don't want to, we want to, we want to love all people that way. Right. And making room for people who have hard lives based on circumstances outside of their control. Definitely. Like, yeah, that's definitely what I see when I go to rail line. Like these people, like some of them obviously made choices that were bad, but Mm -hmm. sometimes people in this situation are literally put there from other people's decisions. And absolutely. And I mean, that just economically like lower class, like this is you're going to see that a lot. Like they are not making this decision to be this way. 
It's where it's where life put them. Right. Yeah. Right. And so if we're and then even if so, let's say you did make a decision and now you're in a really terrible spot. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we've all been there. (laughs) Totally. Maybe not to that extent. However, I believe that the grace of Jesus is enough to cover whatever decisions that they've made, just like he's enough to cover whatever decisions I've made. Yeah, definitely. And so essentially, like part of like we I don't really want to get into the whole like. I don't want to bring politics into it too much, but it frustrates me for people to say like, well, if they just tried harder or if they just went and Mm. got a job or essentially like pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. It's like, yeah. Do you know how hard that is? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't have somewhere to like go and sleep for real, if you don't have access to a shower or if you can't read (laughs) for real, you know, you're, you're going to have a hard time. And so anyway, I don't want to say anymore. I mean, like, so even me, I'm like, I would say lower middle, middle class where we Mm -hmm. are like socially, economically, all that. Mm -hmm. Like Steven has this fantastic job. We are literally out of debt. We're going to be buying a house and I literally can't find a job anywhere. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you expect people with less to be able to do this kind of thing? Like if people like me can't even get a job right now. Like, right. And you've had some college education. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of experience. You, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no Seriously. reason why I shouldn't be able to get a job. And I'm still like floating out here with nothing. Right. <laughs> right? It's like. And so you get all these old crotchety people that are like, well, if you just pulled yourself up by your bootstraps enough, like, or if you just tried yeah, harder. Yeah, for mm-hmm. real. And it's like, look, getting a job is really hard. Like, if we're just talking about jobs, like, that's really hard for anybody. Definitely. And then you take away, like Dixie, let's, you know, talk about this. Like you take away Steven, mm-hmm. you take away your mom and your sisters and any support that you might have currently. And then you take away half your education. And housing. And, and housing. Any finances. Like, yeah. how in the world are you going to get anywhere? Yeah. this that's I just love what CLDI does and what you're doing with Realign. Yeah. It's awesome. It's just yeah, it's, awesome. It's just it's really fun to work with a lot of really cool people that are just seeking to really make Jesus known and right. Yeah. And do it in, in ways that are tangible. Right. You know? Right. And in a place in Billings that has quite a few stereotypes slumped around it. That's, <laughs> I was so curious to ask you what your experience has been of the South side. Cause yeah, you said it like in Billings, people say the South side and everyone gets this, like, it's like the epitome like the of the face. South side. It's on the wrong side of the tracks. It's on exactly. the South part of town. Right. <laughs> like, it's but, that place. <laughs> but you've lived there for over a year now, and mm-hmm. it sounds like you have a much different experience. So right. I don't know. Just I'm freeing you up just to talk about anything that's bothering you about the <laughs> impression of the South Side or just, yeah, the, the opinions or the stereotypes that come out of it. Yeah. It's actually really funny. The, there's a slogan that the city put out for the South Side a while ago. It's called the bright side of the tracks. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. so ironic, though, because... <laughs> There's this street on the south side where it has the sign literally hanging on a light pole, right? And it's this sign that's got like railroad tracks and trees and the slogan and all that. And like in the background of the picture is a completely blown up meth home. And it's just like, it's like that's the south side perfectly. Like shiny exterior. Whoa. And then you kind of dig in a little (laughs) bit. You like zoom in. Yeah. (laughs) And it's true everywhere. Like, honestly, like you go anywhere on the West End and it's like shiny exterior. Oh, yeah. Pretty crappy inside. Definitely. However, that being said, 
on the South side, you do see a lot of poverty. You see a lot of garbage. You see a lot of scary dogs that try and eat your leg. And, (laughs) and so, you know, it, it definitely feels like living in a different, really like living in a different area. I mean, you feel like you can be pretty comfortable on the West end and the South side, that's a little bit more of a challenge. Mm -hmm. However, that being said, like you run into people here on the South side and it's like your best friends right off the bat. All the neighbors are watching out for other people. It's a very front porch community. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is like a lot of more affluent communities tend to be back porch. So they go into their backyard. There's fences around. You don't really get interact. Mm. Um, but in our community, it's front porch where you're sitting out on your little patio up front, you know, seeing the people as they're walking by, right. greeting them, all that sort of stuff. I think what I'm coming down to is the South side is just a place filled with people that some love Jesus and some don't. And that's true of anywhere. Yeah. And so it presents unique challenges that maybe you don't see in other areas. However, I don't think those challenges are as scary or as detrimental to, you know, however God chooses to work in your life and in other people's lives and around you Mm -hmm. as what a lot of people make it out to be. Mm -hmm. For instance, like I live across from a home that has a lot of sex offenders in it. And like, honestly, within the half mile radius of where I live, there's probably more sex offenders here than there is anywhere in Montana. Mm. And so like, obviously that's a pause for concern of like, well, shoot, you know, we start having kids, like they can't go outside by themselves. We can't let them do that. But then you take that and you reflect it off of the South side is also like the highest diversity levels in all of Montana. Right. You see more African, Native, other sorts of people in the South Side, Hispanic than anywhere else. Yeah. Right. And so the picture then of like all nations, God's people coming together as one really solidifies. Whereas like you go to other places in Billings and it's just like, here's a bunch of white people, mm. you know. It's a it's a it's a complex topic, mm-hmm. but I, I've I've loved your thoughts. You've really helped me like grow into a different appreciation for the neighborhood and even now in the process yeah. of us shopping for houses like a yeah. year a year ago i would have completely written off south any side, house yeah. that showed up on zillow in the <laughs> south side right <laughs> but now i i take those those homes in our price range very mm-hmm. seriously you know i look at yeah. them and like think through the factors that would involve living in the south side because yes there there are trade-offs as in any neighborhood yeah right yeah. but if you are people who feel the calling and are excited by the commitment to bring Shalom to a place that previously has been struggling to find it. Yeah. That might just be the right place for us to right. be. You know, that's what I, that's what you've taught me over the last year, Colin. Definitely. About, oh, about your experience there. So, yeah. and I think, so for me specifically, personality wise, I've lived in a lot of places that have been the, I've lived in I've lived in like the poverty area and now I've lived in like a higher income area Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. definitely prefer the things that you can see than the things Mm -hmm. that you don't see like I would rather have a crackhead next door neighbor than a racist next door neighbor if that makes sense like I'm more (laughs) likely to live next to someone that maybe does meth but generally a nice person. Um, Whereas in some higher income areas, it's like they're biased and 
rude and sometimes racist and they think think poorly of people just based on like their skin color and that's not where i want to live so that's good it's a lot it's good stuff colin this is what you've you've given to the hennings is a lot of thoughts about the south side and possibly living there and all that so thank you for that all right i'm definitely not an expert but uh, (laughs) oh yeah you know, I feel like anybody should live there for a time. Yeah. yeah. And you've been embedded. Like Statistically you're Statistically speaking, you have more experience than we do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it's, it's also firsthand experience. It's not, yeah. it's not the rest of Billings just looking down on the South side, Yeah, you know, as the place you don't go. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next, I'm ready to pivot the podcast into pivot. my favorite part of the show, which is literally asking what the heck are you passionate about? Like what lights you up? What gets you super excited? So let's get into yeah. it. Well, okay. So recently I don't really want to get into the Enneagram, but <laughs> I think it, it plays pretty well into my answer of mm. justice. So I'm an Enneagram eight. Yes. Yeah. I've learned. <laughs> Dixie is excited to find another one. Eight unite. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, Dixie, I just, I gotta say again, I really appreciate the, I'm gonna apologize for how I said it, but maybe (laughs) not what I said. Yeah, no, I'm not sorry about what I said. That's you taking offense. I'm sorry how I said it. (laughs) Yeah, because maybe I didn't say it in a super nice way, but it doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah, the truth hurts sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And you better be strong enough to take it. Get on over yourself. Anyway, you were saying. Anyway, um... (laughs) Yeah. So I, I don't know, like I'm passionate, I think for justice, I just like mm-hmm. people, oh gosh, politics frustrates the crap out of me because <laughs> it's like, on one hand, you've got people that are, and we're talking extremes on one hand, you've got people that are like, yeah, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And then the yeah. other people that are like, oh, we're going to do all these things and like try and help you. But like when it comes to other things, you know, you're kind of on your own. And so uh, they, like, I just want to live life well. And, you know, I just, I want to give up being comfortable and selfish and just kind of go where Jesus, Jesus is leading. Mm. Right now it's on the South side. Like, I I feel like really, if I can, if I can focus my life on service and not just looking for what is my gain out of it Mm -hmm. and not just like, I'm going to live cushy and tushy because I make (laughs) lots of money. Right. And I don't Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that over time, like you've got to have lived a life that that's good. Yeah. Well lived. So anyways, realistically, that looks like, you know, trying to empower leaders and be creative and come up with creative solutions. Mm. I feel like it's an interesting balance between being an evangelical Christian while also taking the tact that a lot of evangelical Christians would say, oh, you're a Democrat and nobody should listen to you. (laughs) Those are my favorite. You you said a lot of things. (laughs) Triggered. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm just kidding. Not triggered. I'm fine. And I just, I I guess I don't really have a good answer for like, what are you passionate about? If it's like a super clear thing, because that's just always been me. It's like most days I feel like a pinball machine because it's like one thing and then the other and then the other. And it's like, I'm really excited about this for one week. Grad school. (laughs) Grad school. One week of volunteering. Now I'm an intern. It's like you're literally speaking my life from your mouth. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. It's like, let's do this. Let's do that. There you go. And then you're tired of it. Yeah. And you're like, all right, on to the next thing. For Um, real. 
So Mm. I guess what I'm trying to learn these days is like truth doesn't change, but we can allow our experience to color how that kind of manifests itself. Mm. And, Mm. and so for instance, like Christian who is just recently had his baby and he's 16, like his experience is very different than mine. And that doesn't change maybe what's true about the world. However, he might look at that truth differently. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so I think what I'm interested in, at least in the moment, is like, how do you communicate through that and then like come to understand what is true, if mm. that makes sense? Mm. Yeah, totally. I literally don't know how to say this, but I was thinking about that all of this week. Like that <laughs> literally what you just said about truth and how you experience truth. I've been thinking about that all week. Wow. <laughs> no joke. I also That's crazy. I also wanted to say, so um, I value your opinion and your thoughts and your experience probably more than i'm not saying that you're not my friend but any more than more than most of steven's other friends like i like we definitely we (laughs) definitely i'm not saying i don't value them but like (laughs) when colin talks i'm like yes you get it you you you're saying it there's wavelengths like i just get it and i've literally felt this way about you for like the entire time that I've known you. Mm. Um, and I think that how you see things and how you understand things and then how you share those things simultaneously makes you a very unique and special person. Like I remember when, and I don't want you to feel bad about this, but I remember when my grandpa died and you came over and we were talking about it and you literally said, do you think your grandpa's in heaven? And I was like, who would ask that right now? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Colin. Of course you would ask that. I do remember that. <laughs> I really do. It's like three days later and you're like, hey, do you think he's in heaven? <laughs> um, but like I value that kind of honesty and that kind of like upfrontness from Mm. all of my relationships and you are like one of the only people in my life that consistently does that and i love (laughs) it so much and i honestly think that's what makes you such a good friend and brother and son and you're you're gonna be a father someday and you're gonna be an amazing dad just based Mm. off of that quality in you yeah, thanks, Dixie. That's very kind of you. You're I I too remember that conversation, <laughs> and like, I remember also a lot of regret from that conversation because I was like, uh, "What I'm?" <laughs> it goes back to the apologize for what you say or well, how, how you, you say it, it, not what you say. Yeah, because like I, this is the other thing is just like growing in how I communicate, so it's not abrasive mm-hmm. or not coming across as you know condescending or yeah. you know like I don't care is that's certainly a challenge for me no i totally i totally get it i literally i get the same thing from people sometimes like why did you say that (laughs) (laughs) it's like well because i think it's true (laughs) it's like i'm sorry that hurt but like also yeah (laughs) Yeah. okay so now tell me about some of your hobbies you're getting into cross-country skiing Mm -hmm. climbing has always been a thing for you it sounds like league of legends is up there (laughs) Like, just tell me about what you fill your time with. Like, what do you do for fun? Yeah, uh, I really only do probably four things for fun. And you said three of them. (laughs) Oh, Um, wow. What's What's the the four? What did I miss? (laughs) Well, like hiking. Oh, Uh, yeah. Okay. 
Um, maybe maybe five because like reading's fun too. Um, Absolutely, it is. Maybe this list is bigger than I thought. Uh, <laughs> it keeps growing. I do a lot of stuff. Keeps growing. Uh, introspection is good. No, uh, yeah, climbing. Um, I'm not good at climbing, but I do it, and it's fun, and a lot of good memories come from climbing, like with Caleb Lazlofi mm-hmm. and a lot of other people. So. I've climbed since probably high school, mm-hmm. like late high school. Um, and I wasn't very serious. And then after I moved to Laramie, I didn't really have anybody around other than Sierra. So I kind of made climbing my identity, <laughs> which mm. was a mistake. That's funny. It's a powerful then, way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. So since then, um, I still climb pretty regularly. Yeah. I don't think I've climbed in two weeks now, but can't it's believe winter. it's been two weeks. How, how yeah. could you do that? Where's your favorite place to go in the summer? Oh, gosh, that's too difficult. There's so many good areas. I'll limit it to a region, just Wyoming. Yeah. Hard and simple. Good climbing in Wyoming. Yeah, because honestly, Wyoming's the greatest state in the Union. And (laughs) wow, I don't care who you. Shots fired. (laughs) We're in Montana, man. I know. I live in Montana. It's northern Wyoming. Montana is? Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not. That's one way to say it. Or southern Canada. No, he no, it, <laughs> he rejects it. Dixie, I kid you not. All right, you're driving down towards Wyoming, right? Yeah. You're going like towards Cody. You get like through Bridger, let's yeah. say, and you're still in Montana. It's very obviously Montana. Yeah. Soon as you cross the border, you know. the heavens open. The sky <laughs> is beautiful. The sun is shining, and the sage grass sea is stretched out as far as you can yeah. see. Yeah. And that's Wyoming. It's because there's less people to pollute the air. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love Wyoming. If uh, Jesus never calls me to go back to Wyoming, I'll be a little disappointed. <laughs> um, I also like, you know, I'm pretty open to admit I'm pretty mediocre at almost everything. <laughs> so climbing, skiing, hiking, like I'm definitely not setting any records, but I'm just out there for a good time. Sure. Dude, it's a, same. It's a shallow experience of many things. You're really not a master. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Thanks, Steven. Do you like it that way or do you want to... <laughs> Thanks you, for calling do me Do you mediocre. think there's something you would or could dig into really deeply? Or do you actually like the, the widespread experience? Um, I like a lot of experiences, but I married somebody that is uh, an incredibly talented person. And so there's always been a lot of frustration of like, why can't I do anything really, really, really good? Right. Like she can. However, I think I'm learning that that's just not what has been set out for me. Right. So Stop comparing yourself. Coming, <laughs> yeah. I'm coming to accept my mediocrity. <laughs> sure. What is your day-to-day life like i always like asking about like morning <laughs> routines or evening routines like do you like to follow routine at all or are you just oh, yes um, I, I really like having the freedom to follow a routine however working in a coffee shop and managing a coffee shop does not afford that like what a diplomatic way of saying that yes i'm gonna start using that as my answer i like the What's freedom to i like follow the freedom routine. to have a routine <laughs> Yeah, I like I just I can't have one because, you know, people get sick or freaking COVID or whatever, Mm, mm -hmm. like does not afford me to say like every day I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and then read my Bible at 630 and then show up to work at 
seven or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, most days it's like, all right, I'm going to turn my phone alarm off at five and (laughs) just, you know, hope and pray people show up to work or hope and pray nothing breaks at the coffee shop. Right. There you go. You're always on call right now. So it's it's hard to, it's hard to do that. It is hard, but I strive for, I don't know. I, I have a few routines that I try and get done every day, like a spiritual development thing that I follow. And then, uh, like every, every couple months we try and get away just for turn off the cell phones, that sort of stuff. Right. That's good. Yeah. I try like reading before bed, I think is really good for my mind. And Mm. usually I get some done. Mm. Oh yeah. Definitely. What kind of books do you read at night? Oh, all sorts, like whatever I'm reading at the time. So if I'm reading like a hard book, I'll read a hard book. And if I'm reading a fiction novel, then I'm reading a fiction novel. Is it one book at a time for you and your reading habits? Most of the time, usually I'll like get three quarters of the way through the book and then I get sort of tired of it. And so (laughs) I'll start the next one and then I kind of halvesy it Uh, until I finish the first one. Gotcha. Kind of this overlapping cycle. (laughs) Yeah, but I really like... I don't like starting a book and then not finishing it. Me neither. So, right. What kind of things do you like to read, Colin? Or just give me the last like five books you read, something like that. Oh, the last? Okay, hold on. I got to bust out Goodreads for this one. Absolutely. I'm so glad you track <laughs> your reading on Goodreads. I love Goodreads. Yeah. Okay, last five books I've read. Let's do it. Right now, I'm reading a book called uh, The Color of Law. Okay, so it's a book about how this guy is making a case that racism actually existed legally after the Civil War through law within the context of housing. It's a uh, pretty popular book at the moment. Like, I think he published it this year. It's a lot about segregation. Mm. Wow. That's what I'm reading now. Okay. I just got done (laughs) reading a book called Remember Death, which... (laughs) Oh. is really funny um, because I started reading it at like Christmas time. Yeah. And that's a hard book for Christmas. I can't a, say I get a, a lot of weird looks, book. but I imagine getting a lot of weird looks of like, your book says remember death on it. What are you reading? <laughs> yeah. So you, you lent me this and I'm in the middle of it right now. And I can't imagine trying to read this for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's very uh, intense. It is. It's super intense, but I think he has a lot of really good principles. Essentially, the point is, like, if you remember that you're a mortal being, it really colors the rest of the way you look at life. Right. And suddenly you're not this immortal person that's going to live forever. It's like, no, every decision matters and how you spend your time matters because yeah. he has this metaphor in there of, like, time being this slippery mountain of ice and you're slowly careening towards the edge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, before that I read the sacred Enneagram and then before that I read to sleep in a sea of stars, which is Christopher Paolini, the guy who wrote Aragon. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. It's his new one. He's back at it again. I didn't even know. Back at it again. Yeah. It was okay. It was like a sci-fi, like space novel. So good. These sound like some pretty intense books on your shelf. Yeah, I've I think I've learned that like I'll kind of cycle through reading harder books and then reading easier books and I'm in the midst of a cycle of reading through a couple more challenging books. Yeah. But it's good. Do you annotate your books at all? Take notes, uh dog ear, circle, underline, anything like that? Nope. I hate it. Uh <laughs> you hate it. Yeah. I like even the books that are like more driven for education purposes. Sure. I, I don't like writing in books. I don't know why. It feels wrong. 
Mm, <laughs> it's a sacrilegious act. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I have a bookmark that is just a three by five note card. And uh, I'll I carry that with every book. And then if anything ever sticks out, I kind of put it into my notes app on my phone. Oh, I see. Gotcha. And and I usually forget about it. And then I'm like, (laughs) where did that come from? And then you find it like a year later and you're like, what does (laughs) this even mean? mean? Why was this important to me? (laughs) (laughs) I've totally been there. Absolutely. All right. Well, so Colin, we're... uh, coming to the end of our time here we've already learned about what you're currently reading over this book stack so now i'm curious to ask what you're currently listening to let's start with music so like what pops up what do you like to play when it's your choice on spotify sure um if i'm going to work out i listen to a lot of hip-hop so like nf and post malone so it's a lot of like i i like the lyricism and i think it's interesting if i'm Opening the coffee shop by myself, I'll usually put on some hymns. Mm. Uh, Shane and Shane is a popular one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. They're so good, honestly. And and then just like some singer-songwriter stuff. Like That's pretty much the extent of it. I, I try and find new music, and then I end up just kind of going back to the same stuff I always listen to. So. Yeah, I, think, right. I think more of us are like that than we care to admit. Yeah. <laughs> Rue <Ru laughs> Pains is like... <laughs> Rue Pains is like classic coffee shop vibes. Mm, totally. That's good. Yeah. You much of a metalhead anymore? Do you listen to metal at all? Not like, no, really rarely. The phase um, is over. now and again. Yeah. Like it was great in high school and early college. And then I don't know why it just doesn't hit like it used to. <laughs> Fair enough. You got to find that song. Fair enough. Yeah, maybe. Michael and I often talk about, we also, we often joke about how our, our dad's when we were in high school, we we're both like, oh, it's a phase. It'll pass by the time you're 20. <laughs> and you guys are still listening to it. <laughs> it's like exclusively still what I listen to. Oopsie doopsie. Take that, dad. I'm still rebelling. Dang it. It's not a phase. Unfortunately. Right. It's not a phase for me. It's not a phase. It's a way of life. Uh, okay. Did you? Did you? <laughs> what about podcasts? What podcasts are you into? Yeah. Um, hardcore history for obvious reasons. Ooh, yeah. Dan Carlin, um, thank you. So yeah, good. Yeah, it's so good. It's just like an audio book every episode. <laughs> I know. And it's interesting. And he makes history fun. And for somebody that like isn't naturally inclined toward history, totally. hardcore history is super fun. Totally. There's this really cool show called Overheard at National Geographic. And it really plays into my whole sciencey side. Mm-hmm. But they'll take like one of their stories that they're about to release in article form and they make an episode about it. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so like there's this one that I don't know why just like vividly sticks with me about these underwater pyramids in like Egypt or Lebanon or I don't mm. know, I don't remember. Whoa. And like they were having to like excavate these pyramids that were halfway submerged and like finding what? like these sarcophagi. Nope, and- nope. Close that tomb up. We don't need any zombie mermaids. Egyptian zombie mermaids. We don't need any of that. <laughs> Okay. Any other podcasts you would mention on the list? Yeah. um, Unbelievable uh, with Justin Brierley, who's this British dude that talks about theology, but he like always brings on two people to debate. Yeah. And a lot of times they're not even Christian people. And it's so interesting. It's super fun. Can confirm. He also hosts the Ask NT Write Anything podcast Mm -hmm. with NT Write. It's very good. It's very solid. Yeah. I need to Mm -hmm. listen to that. That and then... uh, 
there's a last one that's just more theologically driven as well called knowing faith and it's from the the people that go to some of the people that go to matt chandler's church in texas Mm. and uh, they just break stuff down and like they've been going through genesis this last season and talking about all sorts of different stuff in there and super weird at times (laughs) and then other times it's just really really cool what are you currently watching are you in the middle of any shows right now no but i saw that queen's gambit trailer and that looks kind of interesting and then like i watch a little bit of youtube but i found this channel the other day and i can't even pronounce it (laughs) i can sort of try because i think they're like swedish but it's called kurz gesagd I'll send you a link, Stephen. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. No, nope, we're we're gonna let people try and guess. <laughs> Sound that out phonetically, fam. <laughs> Leave it up to you. Type whatever you think you said into uh, the YouTube search. <laughs> okay. But they make these like super beautiful animated videos about like science and life oh, and philosophy. Cool. Ooh, nice. And uh, they're just gorgeous, and and they're they're all like super well researched. So it's not like this. I actually think it's like a foundation of some sort. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're always referencing like in their notes, here's where the research happened. Here's where you can read more. That's cool. So like they just made one a little while ago on like geoengineering. And that was super interesting. Very good. Dude. Yeah. Love it so much. Um, Are there any questions that you wish we would have asked that you still want to answer? No, I don't have any. (laughs) You're good. Do you have any pets? Yeah. I don't have any pets. It's too much work. Fair. Do you want pets? No. <laughs> no. We're getting rid of our cat. No, no you just don't. <laughs> I, no, I don't. I, I really don't. That's not to say Sierra doesn't. Sierra's always wanted like a dog, but uh-huh. it's so much work. And mm-hmm. then like you want to go somewhere and you have to figure out what to do with them. <laughs> like who's going to watch it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That's so also why I'm, cats are awesome though. Because sometimes very you, can just, you can literally just leave them. <laughs> And be like, it's true. eat your food. Totally. I'll be back in a day. Totally. <laughs> Good point. Maybe someday in the future, but for now, I'm I'm perfectly happy minimizing the amount of responsibility I need to That's take. fair. <laughs> Man, Colin, thank you so much. I've enjoyed making a podcast with you. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for inviting me on. It's been a lot of fun chatting about my mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're if my that's favorite, your takeaway. If you're that's my your favorite takeaway. mediocre person. <laughs> Great. There we go. All We're right. proving that you're normal. <laughs> Will you close us out by reading our favorite quote for the podcast? Certainly. The only normal people you know are the ones that you don't know very well. Thank you for joining us. You can follow the Hennings on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen G. Henning and at Dixie Lee Henning. Our theme music is composed and performed by Stephen and Dixie Henning and was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Austin Smith. Our artwork is designed by Dixie Lee Henning. Find more of her work at DixieLeeDraws.com, at DixieLeeDraws on both Instagram and TikTok, and at DrawsDixie on Twitter.